Chapter 21 of Charlotte Temple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. Charlotte Temple by Susanna Rosen. Chapter 21 Teach me to feel another's woe, to hide the fault I see. That mercy I to others show, that mercy show to me. Pope when Mrs. Beauchamp was dressed, she began to feel embarrassed at the thought of beginning an acquaintance with Charlotte, and was distressed how to make the first visit. I cannot go without some introduction, said she. It will look so like impertinent curiosity, at length recollecting herself. She stepped into the garden, and, gathering a few fine cucumbers, took them in her hand by way of apology for her visit. A glow of conscious shame vermilion Charlotte's face as Mrs. Beauchamp entered. You will pardon me, madame, said she, for not having before paid my respects to you so amiable a neighbor. But we English people always keep up that reserve which is a characteristic of our nation wherever we go. I have taken the liberty to bring you a few cucumbers, for I observed you had none in your garden. Charlotte, though naturally polite and well-bred, was so confused she could hardly speak. Her kind visitor endeavored to relieve her by not noticing her embarrassment. I am come, madame, continued she, to request you will spend the day with me. I shall be alone, and as we are both strangers in this country, we may hereafter be extremely happy in each other's friendship. Your friendship, madame, said Charlotte, blushing, is an honor to all who are favored with it. Little as I have seen of this part of the world, I am no stranger to Mrs. Beauchamp's goodness of heart and known humanity, but my friendship. She paused, glanced her eye upon her own visible situation, and, in spite of her endeavors to suppress them, burst into tears. Mrs. Beauchamp guessed the source from whence those tears flowed. You seem unhappy, madame, said she. Shall I be thought worthy your confidence? Will you entrust me with the cause of your sorrow, and rest on my assurances to exert my utmost power to serve you? Charlotte returned a look of gratitude, but could not speak, and Mrs. Beauchamp continued. My heart was interested in your behalf the first moment I saw you and I only lament I had not made earlier overtures towards an acquaintance, but I flatter myself you were henceforth consider me as your friend. Oh, madame, cried Charlotte, I have fortified the good opinion of all my friends. I have forsaken them and undone myself. Come, come, my dear, said Mrs. Beauchamp, you must not indulge these gloomy thoughts. You are not, I hope, so miserable as you imagine yourself. Endeavor to be composed, and let me be favored with your company at dinner, when, if you can bring yourself to think me your friend, and repose a confidence in me, I am ready to convince you it shall not be abused. She then arose and bade her good morning. At the dining hour, Charlotte repaired to Mrs. Beauchamp's, and during dinner, assumed as composed an aspect as possible. But when the cloth was removed, she summoned all her resolution and determined to make Mrs. Beauchamp acquainted with every circumstance preceding her unfortunate elopement 
and the earnest desire she had to quit a way of life so repugnant to her feelings. With the benignant aspect of an angel of mercy did Mrs. Beauchamp listen to the artless tale. She was shocked to the soul to find how large a share LaRue had in the seduction of this amiable girl, and a tear fell when she reflected so vile a woman was now the wife of her father. When Charlotte had finished, she gave her a little time to collect her scattered spirits, and then asked her if she had never written to her friends. "'Oh, yes, madame,' said she, frequently. "'But I have broke their hearts. They are either dead or have cast me off for ever, for I have never received a single line from them. I rather suspect,' said Mrs. Beauchamp. "'They have never had your letters. But suppose you were to hear from them.' and they were willing to receive you. Would you then leave this cruel Montreville and return to them? Would I? said Charlotte, clasping her hands. Would not the poor sailor, tossed on a tempestuous ocean, threatened every moment with death, gladly return to the shore he had left to trust to its deceitful calmness? Oh, my dear madame, I would return, though to do it I were obliged to walk barefoot over a burning desert and beg a scanty pittance of each traveller to support my existence. I would endure it all cheerfully. Could I but once more see my dear blessed mother, hear her pronounce my pardon, and bless me before I die. But alas, I shall, I shall never see her more. She has blotted the ungrateful Charlotte from her remembrance, and I shall sink to the grave loaded with hers and my father's curse. Mrs. Beauchamp endeavored to soothe her. You shall write to them again, said she, and I will see that the letter is sent by the first packet that sails for England. In the meantime, keep up your spirits and hope everything by daring to deserve it. She then turned the conversation, and Charlotte, having taken a cup of tea, wished her benevolent friend a good evening. End of chapter one. Recording by Jill Preston